Welcome to the Homeschool Show from North Carolinians for Home Education. Our goal is to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. I'm your host, Matthew McDill, and we have once again as our co-host, Rhonda Marshall. Hey, glad to be here. All right? Yeah, I'm doing good. Good. How about you? Very well. Well, let me tell you about our show today. Yes. In our homeschool news, today we'll talk about an important study that just came out, child abuse and neglect of the homeschooled versus the conventionally schooled. We'll also share some exciting information about the Thrive Conference. And in our homeschool tip of the week, our tip this week is, get ready for it, parenting well early makes homeschooling easier. Hmm. And we'll give you some practical ideas for parenting young children. And finally, our in our homeschool helps with Amanda. Amanda's going to tell us why I should go to a homeschool conference. And in particular, this week, she's going to tell us about the vendor hall. Right. Always a wonderful place to go. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Okay, we're going to kick off with homeschool news and let you know about this really groundbreaking study uh, that has recently been published by the National Home Education Research Institute. And it's called Child Abuse and Neglect of the Homeschooled Versus the Conventionally Schooled, a Groundbreaking Study. This was released March 15th. So here's the context. Professor Elizabeth Bartholet called for a ban of homeschooling just three years ago in 2020. She called it a presumptive ban and based her proposed government regime on several claims regarding the negative impact and harm of homeschooling. The professor included assertions about child abuse in her rationale. Bartholet is not the only one to have brought abuse, neglect, and other maltreatment charges against the homeschool community. The claims and allegations have often flowed too fast and loosely without empirical evidence to substantiate. This groundbreaking study addresses many of the topics important to a careful consideration of the debate about whether homeschool children are at any more risk of abuse and neglect than conventional, like public school and private school children. Mm -hmm. Scant empirical evidence has existed until the present study by Brian D. Ray and M. Danish Shaquille, which is done this year. So here's a little bit about the methods they used. Ray and Shaquille have carefully addressed pieces that have been missing in many previous studies on homeschooling. First, they obtained a nationally representative sample. Second, they collected data from the adult sample that included the full year-by-year 13-year schooling history and demographics during both childhood and adulthood Mm -hmm. and the experiences of abuse and neglect, the categorical identity of the perpetrators of maltreatment, and when the maltreatment was committed. So very thorough, covered lots of Mm -hmm. different things in this study. So here are the findings. Cross-sectional findings suggest that school sector is a non-issue after considering the role played by demographics. Mm -hmm. That is, child abuse and neglect are significantly associated with family structure, years in foster care, large family size, and household poverty. Homeschooling and child abuse is not the issue. Conventional school and child abuse is not the issue. Rather, demographics are the key to explaining differences in rates of maltreatment. Mm. If anything, the weak incidences of child abuse among homeschoolers are not related to family, but with school and community. That is, the maltreatment is not happening at home and within the family. So when, oh. so when homeschool kids are being abused, it's at other places and activities such as co-ops, part-time classes at public or private school, or a pod, museum, sports activities, music lessons, scouts, church or synagogue, or a playgroup. That's an important distinction. Yeah, it is. 
So here are some concluding comments uh, from these researchers. The following three key points emerge from the empirical evidence. First, policymakers on child protection should focus on demographics. Demographics, not a child's school history, conventional school compared to homeschooling, explain variations in abuse and neglect. Number two, debates and policymaking should not focus on school sector unless multiple representative studies can confirm that school sector plays a dominant role after controlling for demographics. And here's the third main conclusion. For the weak incidences of child abuse among uh, homeschoolers, instead of family, social settings outside the family are more associated with abuse and neglect. Hmm. So this study fits in with a pattern that seems to be emerging based on an empirical evidence to date. So far, there's no strong evidence that there is significantly more or less maltreatment committed against conventionally homeschooled children as compared to the home educated. So this is a really big deal because, uh, as it mentions at the beginning, abuse and neglect is one of the accusations that have been leveled against homeschoolers. And so this is really helpful for us to be able to say, well, being homeschooled is a non-issue. And so uh, if you're homeschooling, Uh, If you're a legislator, if you're leading homeschooling, this is a really important um, study for you to know about. And you can find out more at nheri.org. And there's a lot of studies on there you might want to be aware of. Oh, good information. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. I wanted to tell you about the Thrive Trifolds that we have. We've created these conference um, brochures, basically, to help you tell others about it. And if you remember from last week that... um, We told you if you have three new people come to the conference and they list your name Mm -hmm. in their registration form, then you get your conference um, fee reimbursed. So take advantage of that. If you would like to get some trifolds, We'll send you as many as you want. You can reach us at the either the email address, nche at nche.com, or our phone number is Mm 844-624-3338. And also, did you know that we have a children's program? Mm-hmm. It's really fantastic. Yeah. My kids are long past that age, but it's wonderful. <laughs> so while you're attending the Thrive Homeschool Conference, your kids can enjoy an event of their own. It's called the Giant Cow Kids Event, and it features high-energy drama, exciting music, really fun activities, memorization of God's Word, and positive mentoring by dynamic young people. So check that out on our website. You want to get signed up for that because there's limited spots, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And finally, I want to tell you about vendor workshops. Um, Thrive Homeschool Conference vendor workshop schedule is now online. Mm -hmm. In addition, these are in addition to our regular conference workshops. So you have to pick and choose. (laughs) But they're offering some great looking workshops. And we know that makes sure conference choice is harder. But, oh, well, good to have good content, right? That's right. Um, the good news is there's wonderful workshop options just for you. So that's what happened the first year I went to the conference. My main point was finding curriculum. Yes. And so those vendor workshops were really helpful. Crucial. Yeah. And I that's really how it helped me make my decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let us move on to homeschool tip of the week. And as you already mentioned, that is parenting well early makes homeschooling easy. And so um, I've heard a lot of parents say that they could never homeschool. Oh, I could never homeschool. I've heard that too. And one of the reasons why is I couldn't get my kid to listen to me. 
Right. They I can't get them me. to do any work. I don't have that kind of relationship with my right. kid. And sometimes I think, wow, that's right. quite, I mean, that's quite an admission. In other words, you don't have an education problem. You have a parenting problem. Right. If your kids right. won't listen and you don't have mm-hmm. that kind of relationship. So obviously there's a connection. If you're going to be able to have the structure and, re- and relational uh, connection and the expectations that would make homeschooling work, then there's a foundation's been laid right. somehow, sometime. And we're going to talk about that and how that can really start <clears throat> very early. So um, what I'm going to ask you a few questions. You're a you're okay. a experienced <laughs> parent. You remember way back the little kids? Of course, you have grandkids it. now. I do have grandkids. That's now. very exciting. Isn't it is. It? A, it's, I feel like I get a parenting do over. <laughs> it's like I can be the mom I really wanted to be, but didn't quite pull off. Yeah, but you can just spoil them. That's yes, not what. <laughs> I'm having fun. So, um, have you noticed parenting trends today? Like when mm. you see parents today. Um, what is what does that look like compared to I don't know ten or twenty years ago? Is there a difference? Yeah, there's. I I feel like there's more permissiveness and letting children run right the roost. Yeah, I see that a lot. I just in case, which they probably don't. But just in case my kids listen yeah. to this, I'm not talking about <laughs> not you talking or your about kids. You, that's right. <laughs> but I do see that, and, right. and then I see hear the frustration of maybe they want to homeschool but they don't feel competent to do it because they're letting that dynamic play out in their family. That's right. Well, that's exactly what I've observed is the kids are in charge. Mm-hmm. The parents won't say no. Yeah. They won't require obedience. Mm-hmm. And they're just miserable. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's just really chaotic. Yeah. And, and they're cha- having to chase their kids all around. Oh, yeah. You know? So anyway, that's that's a bit of a trend, you know, yeah. and. And part, partly, I think, how, why don't parents know about first-time obedience, maybe, you know, which mm-hmm. Kirk Martin last week talked about talk- in uh, one of his workshops is going to be yes. about that. So you might want to come to the conference and hear that. Um, <clears throat> why don't parents know? You know, and I'm just thinking about that. And I guess at one point, they're not being taught or trained. That could be happening at home. I mean, parents can be teaching parenting um, of course, it gets sticky when parents, where their kids actually have kids. And then it's like, oh, I don't know. You right. Know, it's kind of like maybe before. Like right now, our, our daughters do lots of babysitting. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're telling them now, here's how you can Help handle manage. the little kids. You yeah. know? And so they're learning parenting principles even now. But there's a lot that you can teach your children while they're growing up about parenting, about those principles. And I think that's important because... Um, later when they have the kids and maybe it's harder to talk about it, you know, get it in beforehand. Yes. But, but you want your children to be prepared to be good parents. Yeah. So that's something. Just like you want them prepared to have be a good spouse. That's right. And that's those are two areas that unless you're really intentional, mm-hmm. you're not training your kids more than likely in how to be a good parent or how to be a good spouse. Yeah, that's right. So um, let's imagine that we had a room full of young uh, parents hungry to learn about parenting. Oh. Okay. Which actually we have <laughs> because at uh, Dana, my wife has been doing uh, monthly mom's meetings for our church. Oh, I love that. And they that. got into parenting and they're like, you have to do more parenting classes. So in two weeks at our house, uh, my wife and I are doing some parenting classes awesome. for some couples. And so we're going to have this like a young, <laughs> you know, yes. first 
first-time parents trying to figure it out. So what kind of topics would you – what should I put oh, on the slate there? Oh, gosh. So many things. Yeah, I know. Well, we talked about first-time obedience. First-time obedience, I think. But I saw, I one. think critical is one that there's not a formula – like okay. just a but you know checkbox because I was a checkbox girl and okay. wanted a formula doesn't work the same with every child mm-hmm. and relationship focus on relationship and discipleship with your kids and I think a lot of the behavioral issues come you know under that that if you can have a relationship a real heart relationship mm-hmm. with them yeah you still have to be the parent and um, certainly be the parent and not the friend. <laughs> right. But when you have that relationship, then the um, discipline that you have to dispense comes easier. So let's back up to little, little kids. Yes. And then we're going to come back to how do we do the relationship thing and the discipleship mm-hmm. thing as well. So starting with um, a family vision, that's one of the things we we're talking mm. about. And it's a really simple question of what do I want my house to be like? And so I think peaceful. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> peaceful. I want peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. But that, you know, a lot of young parents don't take the time to be intentional mm-hmm. to come up with that. Yeah. And it's it, it really isn't hard. I mean, you know what you want it to be like if you'll stop and think about it a minute. Yeah. I want it to be peaceful. Um, I want there to be kindness, mm-hmm. you know, not a lot of fighting. Um, and for homeschool, I want there to be a hunger for learning, lots of learning and yeah, growing, and curi- learning. Curi- yeah. curiosity, reading, Yeah, you know. Um, and then for our house, too, we just want to have a lot of ministry happening in our house. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's just an example for me of what a vision, like what do I want my house to look like? Because obviously then you can ask the question, well, how am I going to get there? Mm-hmm. You know, and is that what it looks like? Right. Right. So so let's go back to the super simple first-time obedience thing, mm-hmm. okay? And, <clears throat> again, the reason this is important for homeschooling is how are we going to get to that point where we can function by saying, mm-hmm. when I say do your math, they do their math, right? Right. They're teachable. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <clears throat> and, and responsive and obedient. So um, I'm going to throw out a few things, and you, you jump in here, but one of them uh, to start off first-time obedience is – Simply, when you call their name, they stop. Mm-hmm. They'll respond. Right. A lot of times, they just keep playing or run off, right? Right. They've so, got their tune on. Yeah. And, on. and how early can we start expecting kids to, you know, tell it, telling them what to do? Well, really, um, it's it's a lot easier when they're just, like, crawling. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they know – they know their name and, and they can respond, mm-hmm. you know, before they can run away. Sometimes right. you're like, okay, this kid's too fast. <laughs> I've seen kids, I've seen parents chasing their kids yes. in the parking lot. Oh, and yeah. just going, and oh my goodness, so this scary. is so bad. It's a safety hazard. This, yeah. so, so really, you, you have, if you're going to protect your child, if you're going to keep your child alive, <laughs> they yes. have to be able to hear your voice and stop and listen to you. Yes. And you have to train that. Um mm-hmm. The other one is come here. Mm-hmm. In other words, stop. It, you know, you call their name and say, come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a pretty big one. I remember that was the, um, the, the line in the sand with one of my daughters. I suspect she was strong-willed, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> and she, she could walk, right? She was little and she could probably barely talk, but she knew her name and, she, and I said, come here. Nope. 
she she was just standing there staring at me. She knew I wanted she would not come to me. Wow. And so we had a major obedience session. A showdown. Yeah. Um and it was it was really difficult, you know. And of course, somewhere in there comes discipline, you know. Um it doesn't have to, you know, it can be just a a mild kind of little pain, whether it's a, a little spanking or a little swat or however you want to do that. Mm-hmm. But the idea is to reinforce you actually have to do what I'm asking mm-hmm. you to do. Um, and at some point, some of them are so strong-willed, and this one daughter of mine was, that it just got to the point where we had to take a break. She just would not mm-hmm. do it. So we just deposited her in her little bed, you know, That's in her it. little crib and say, you can just take a break here for we a while. We all need a break. Yeah. But, but I would go get her. I would put her down. I would go across the room. Come here. <laughs> she just <laughs> wouldn't do, do it. it. So as early as possible, I would just very kindly, very patiently and gently, but also with a little bit of reinforcement, let him know that I actually expect you to do it. It takes a lot of work, mm-hmm. but it sure pays off because there's a lot of peace uh, once mm-hmm. it is. Would you add anything into first-time obedience? No, I just think that's a crucial step. Mm-hmm. For, and sometimes if you haven't done that at the front end, then you may have to pay some time when yeah. you take them out to homeschool if you're coming out of conventional mm-hmm. setting and learning that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you it just takes time and you have mm-hmm. to detour from whatever yeah. the actual issue is. And from the lesson. That's, I think, yeah. for parents. You have to detour from whatever school academics you're doing. Yeah. That the discipleship, the training is more the more important thing, the more important lesson. That's right. And I forgot to mention in there that eye contact is also important. It's just I would want my children to be looking at me, you know, mm-hmm. while we're talking. Mm-hmm. Not, oh, I'm going to keep playing with my Legos while you tell me what I'm going to do. It's like, no, you're going to stop and look at me and we'll have this, this conversation. Yeah, That's right. Bit of attention. Okay. Here's another big one. What about whining and begging? Ooh. What do we do about that? <laughs> Well, one, I tried to say, well, if you whine and beg, then it's a definite no. Like that's if, right. whatever you want, that it's you just decided your That's fate. exactly Dude, right. Yeah. <laughs> and never give in. Yeah. You have to Once be you strong. give in. That yeah. You do it one time. Yeah. Yeah. Even with little like my little grandkids, when they start whining, I'm like, No, we're not whining. Mm-hmm. That's not how we get what we want. We have to use our words. <laughs> yeah. And we talk about it. And they're ga- and kids kids are gamblers. In other words, if they know that one out of ten times they beg, they get something. Yep, they'll just keep doing they it. They will. <laughs> they are not afraid to do that. <clears throat> so, like you said, you have to give them the words. You just say, "Oh, this is how you say it," you mm-hmm. know, and you say it for them. And if they say it back, then you get it. Yeah. You know? And if not, it's positive It's not going to happen. Yes, absolutely. That's ab- absolutely right. So here's another one. Even for little kids, now is screen time. <clears throat> and yes. that's not, of course, we didn't have near as a problem. <laughs> right. Screen time, but there was still some. Some, yeah. But yeah, that is an issue. And I mean, all the the medical research says that young children shouldn't mm. have much of any screen yeah. time. Just, and use it wisely. I mean, I think sometimes parents might need a break to do a lesson with a child, and maybe we have to do that. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Yeah. That's right. So it's limited. Yes. I mean, I limited. think that's pretty much the main point. Right. Is... But now, I mean, everywhere you go, kids are just looking at a screen. Yes. And it's really not good right. for them mm-hmm. mentally, their health, and things like that. So right off the bat, you are the one, parents, who are setting the expectation mm-hmm. and the habits. And so we give, you know, we give a lot of time limits to our kids. Okay, you can play a game, but 
it's only going to be this amount of time. And that's you know? hard. And yeah. your time's up. And that also ends up being one of the first ways when we go back to discipline. Because, you know, you might do little spankings and stuff at first, but that's only for a few year, first few years. Once mm-hmm. they get older, there are other things like, oh, well, you can't have your game time. That's the worst for the right. kid. Right, right. Know? And I'm happy to take that away. Right. Because I don't want them to <laughs> have it anyway. it anyway. Yeah. That's right. Um, and the other part of that, of course, is just sticking lots of books in their hands. Yes. Um, boredom is actually really good. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, letting the kids be creative. Yeah. Uh, another thing for little kids is alone playtime. We always used to yes. do that. Did we you did ever that, do that? Exactly did that. Yeah. Yes. Because so they said, needed to learn to entertain themselves. Yeah. So you have to be in this room for this hour with these yes. toys. And like, if they want to just cry the whole time, well, that's fine. That's up to them. Right. <laughs> but you're going to stay in this that's room right. with these toys. I did that especially after some of mine grew out of napping at an earlier age. Mm-hmm. So I would say, well, that's fine if you don't take a nap. But here, you're going to be in your room, that's in your right. bed during this time to play. Well, we hope these some of these practical tips have been helpful for you. And you can be thinking about your vision for homeschooling uh, if you're doing that soon. Or maybe you realize, wow, I don't have this foundation. Well, like Rhonda said, time out. Stop and, and say, let's reestablish some of these things. And that'll mm-hmm. really help. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, now let's move on to our Homeschool Helps with Amanda segment. And today she's going to tell us why we should go to a homeschool conference. And in particular, she's going to tell us about the vendor hall. Yeah, that's great. Welcome to Homeschool Helps with Amanda. I'm Amanda Wears, Homeschool Helps Director with NCHE. Now, last week we talked about why to come to a homeschool conference with the focus on the amazing workshops and the networking opportunities. This week, I wanna talk to you about the vendor hall. This is amazing. If you have never been, you must come, if for no other reason, to check out the vendor hall. So, at our Thrive Conference in May, we have so many incredible vendors and why come to them why in this day and age of amazon and shopping online why because there is nothing like holding that book in your hand and actually looking through the pages it really helps solidify for you if that book or that program is right for you for your child for your family for your homeschool also There are so many unique vendors that you probably will discover something that you've never heard of before. There's just so much to see and take in and learn about. Also, some of our vendors do their own workshops, which is a fabulous way to learn about different programs, different companies that maybe you didn't know about before or you want to know how their program works, they do some great workshops as well. And you have access to that with your vendor only, vendor hall only registration. Either way, it is well worth a visit. I recommend it hands down. I cannot say enough about it. So, when you go to nche.com thrive, you can find a list of all the vendors and a map so you can find them. And then when you come in May, 
come to the Benton Convention Center and you will make your way to registration and some of our helpful volunteers will check you in, will tell you, help you get oriented, tell you where to go, give you your wristbands, everything you need, answer any questions that you have. Um, we are there to serve you. I was asked recently what the difference is between the Thrive Conference and maybe another regional conference that you might have heard of. And the major difference, I feel like, is that our NCHE's Thrive Conference is run by volunteers like me who want nothing more than to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. We want to serve you. We're there. The entire NCAG board is there serving the entire weekend because we want to help you homeschool better and be successful and be happy, have that confidence and joy. So I invite you, consider this your personal invitation. Please come and visit us at Thrive in May. Can't wait to see you there. All right. That was awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us this week. Um, I know you're very busy, so thank you for being with us. We'd love for you to send us any questions. We'd love to answer questions or mm -hmm. any feedback. Send them to the homeschool show at nche.com. Also, please help um, others learn about us. If you can, go subscribe and rate and leave a review and even just share it with your friends and family if you think that what we are producing here is valuable. Um, we would really love that. You can also learn how to subscribe and go to nche.com slash the homeschool show. Yep. Thanks for joining us. And until ne next week, continue to homeschool with confidence and joy.